All right, my friends. Leo Cannell here with my man Ty Talbot. Ty, what's going on? Here we go, guys. Today is Thursday. It is December the 1st. The fourth quarter is here, and we are getting down to the last month of the year. This is episode four, and this episode we're going to focus a lot on what the economic expectations are going into 2023, what you can do to have the best life possible in 2023, take better care of your family, plan out your business in 2023, and make sure you dominate and take it by storm. So here's our topics for today. Topic number one, our money, money, money topic is third quarter U.S. growth was stronger than previously thought and what that means to you and what you can do to make 2023 your breakthrough year with your business. And our next segment is... We're going to talk about week 13 in the NFL. We're going to go over some upsets, definitely have some strong opinions there, some weekly, uh, some buzz notes and whatnot. So it's going to be pretty fun. Big week in the NFL. Big week. Upset alert. We'll probably take a minute or two and talk about the U.S. men's uh, team showing up finally and, and getting out of the group uh, playing World Cup. And, you know, Pulisic taking one for the team. Old really sacrifice. Really took one for the team. That a, that a guy. All right, then we've got uh, Mindset, which is a 10-minute workout. Can do more than you think. This is going to actually uh, blow you away what this can do. 10 minutes a day, like, hey, fitness is a big part of success and energy and business. And if you got kids, you need some energy. And so we're going to talk about what that looks like for your health. Yeah, from there, we're going to finally talk about the student loan relief, you know, oh. where, where that stands and what our thoughts are on that. Well, that's going to be fun. See, you know, there's a lot of student loans, uh, over a trillion dollars, I believe, out there in our country. The family segment, this one's going to be interesting. This is a great topic you came up with. Six in ten Americans worry they will be outgifted this holiday season. Is that you who's worrying about it? What can you do to make sure you have the best gifts? Hey, even for us guys, we act like, oh, this isn't a big deal in time. We're just talking about it. Like we have Christmas and we have our wife's birthdays and and then you got Valentine's Day and the anniversary. And it's just one thing after another. And if you disappoint, yeah, it's not good. You cannot disappoint. It's not good. Do it every year. And then from there, we're going to wrap it up. We're going to talk about... Uh, Dive into Ukraine a little bit. Talk about the power shortages and, you know, the, uh, the cold winters coming up here. That's right. That's going to be in our freedom segment. And we are all about freedom and helping others with freedom and looking at there. There are some surprising numbers. We'll probably talk a little bit, too, about the fact that our country is, you know, sending billions of dollars overseas to Ukraine. You know, is that the right thing to do? Is it not the right thing to do? We'll take a look at the different perspectives, point of views. And then we do have a cool action item and an announcement about our business plan training that we're going to be doing on December 21st so you can get your 2023 business plan rolling. Well, that, my friends, is today's Topics Trends. And again, this is the podcast, the show, the Go Figure Show, where we help you get your money right. If you're a dad or a parent looking to create a better life for your family, then the topics and the you know real financial uh, counsel, advice, uh, proven strategies that work to take better care of your family. We're going to be talking about those always in this show. And generally, we're going to be going live on the show Tuesdays and Thursdays, typically uh, at 2 o'clock Eastern, Tuesday and Thursday for about an hour. We are doing it an hour early today because I am taking my wife, Jill, to get uh, LASIK done on her eyes. So we had to do it an hour early. Appreciate everybody 
moving your schedule around to make that happen. Welcome to the Go Figure Podcast, created for parents and business owners who want to get their money right. My name's Leo Cannell. As a husband and father of five, I've been fortunate to create two eight-figure businesses in the fintech space. This podcast will share the values, principles, strategies, tools, and tactics that have helped us to build a fintech empire and provide an epic life for our family. Having been a parent and entrepreneur for 20 years, there's a lot I don't know. There's been a lot of failure. The good news is together, we'll find solutions to creating an epic life powered by a business that we love. Well, let's jump into number one, our money, money, money segment. Third quarter U.S. growth was stronger than previously thought. So the first two quarters of this year, the numbers came in and there was negative growth in the U.S. economy. And so that's what, you know, two consecutive quarters of negative growth means, oh, no, the economy's not doing well. The, we're technically in a recession. That's what it's been defined. And there were a lot of experts, and especially the Biden administration, saying, well, no, it's not technically a recession. It's just, you know, it's one of the factors is there could be negative growth. for That doesn't necessarily mean it. So they kind of tried to redefine it. One thing I will say, though, is typically when you are in a recession, there's a whole lot of people that lose their jobs. And there's a lot of job layoffs. And while there have been job layoffs uh, lately, it, it hasn't resulted in, you know, more job losses. There's still job gains happening every month in this country. And so, and now the third quarter number came in really positive. Instead of 2.6, it was actually 2.9%. It's always weird how, you know, well, we thought it was this, but actually it was this. I don't ever know how they actually get down to those uh, those numbers. But hey, it's the government. They're doing the, doing the best they can, I guess. Uh, so ultimately, the job market does look pretty strong. But economists are predicting 2023 to be a year of maybe a, a real painful recession with the job losses. Uh, what can people do to kind of get ahead of this? You know, if you're a business owner, I know we've got a lot of business owners in this community. Uh, if you're somebody who, who's working at a, at a place, like what can you do to kind of protect your family, your business, and and become recession-proof? I guess that's, a, that's the question. Yeah, the biggest thing you, you can do is you just got to get out there and work. I mean, at the end of the day, if it's not your dream job right now, that's okay. Just because you're at a job doesn't mean you have to be there forever, especially nowadays. I mean, it's a lot of job hopping going around. But biggest thing is just get out there, act, get to work, do something while you work on finding what you want to do long term. Yeah, no question. You know, the thing I always think about and, you know, people, it's so easy in today's world to have your attention drawn all these different places there's news, there's division, there's social media, there's sports, there's all these things that we love. That we're, we've got our, our kids, our families we've got to take care of. But at the end of the day, like the thing I always come back to is it's sales. It's sales, sales, sales. When you lose all your focus on everything else, your business can suffer, your job can suffer. But if you are Let's say you work for someone in a company. If you are providing value and if you are part of generating sales and helping to increase sales in your department, in your job, you're valuable. The odds of you being let go are much lower. If you're a business owner, it's the same thing. Don't lose sight of what matters, all these different things. You know, systems and processes are important, a great product, you know, team, culture, all those things matter. But at the end of the day, Everything that drives everything 
in your business, in your personal life is the ability to generate income and focus in on sales. And especially if you're a new business owner, like it, it I always think of this, uh, this story. So the, uh, the founder of Samuel Adams, uh, the beer brewing company in Boston, this guy is starting Sam Adams, you know, right at the beginning. He's, oh, I've got this cool, you know, unique, uh, draft beer. And I'm not a beer expert. You probably can help me here, but so he's got this product out there, and his uncle, who's a Wall Street guy, gives him 90 grand. And this is in the 80s. That's a lot of money in the 80s. And his uncle gives him a call one day. Hey, what's going on? I want to know how my investment's doing. Oh, yeah, you know, I'm at the store. I'm looking for computers and file folders and cabinets and want to get really organized. And he's talking about all this stuff. And his uncle's like, stop what you're doing. And go knock on 50 doors today and get some sales and don't do anything else until you do that. And I love that advice because every time you get focused on all these other things, go get some sales. Go get some sales. You want to get your money right, increase your income. You want to keep your job, generate more income, and you'll get a raise or you'll get more commissions. You, If you're a business owner, especially a new one, go generate some sales. Figure out what you can do to sell your product better, to have a better product or a better service than the competition, and then take that action and knock on more doors than the competition because what happens during these times of uncertainty is people stop knocking on doors and they lose focus of what matters. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just like I was saying, getting out there and acting, learning a skill, learning a trade. I mean, um, I think it was just last episode, I talked to him about my grandfather, the yeah. first buy here, pay here car dealership yeah. in the Utah area, Salt Lake City. And, and he did that with his reps. He'd get a new um, sales agent or salesperson, whatever you, you call them with cars. Um, he, he did the tomato thing, the, the, the old tomato training, where he would hand them a box of literally like disgusting, rotten tomatoes. Yeah. And because they weren't ready to sell cars yet, he didn't want them to just twiddle their thumbs, wanted to see how committed they were. He literally would make them go business to business and try and sell them these rotten tomatoes just to see, is this someone that's going to get out of their comfort zone? Is this someone that's willing to work? Is this someone that's willing to act? And I mean, that, I, I, when you were talking about getting out there, hitting the doors, that's what it reminded me of. I mean, just be willing to get out there and work like your boys. I mean, they wanted to make some money. They went out and started painting curbs. I mean, there's so many different ways to do it right now. And it's interesting. You know, when the 0809 recession hit and, you know, business was tough for me, I did. I lost focus on all these crazy things. I'm watching the news. Oh, I'm, and then you start listening to the narrative. Oh, the economy's bad. Times are tough. People losing jobs. You know, instead of just focusing on go generate some sales. And so, uh, you know, when the pandemic hit, in this is March of 2020. So geez, wow, it's already been two and a half years. Weird. That? So it's been two and a half years. The pandemic hits us. And at the time, our business, Seven Figures Funding, we are going out there doing these live events, right? We're doing funding for um, e-commerce uh, groups and those who are teaching others to start business. And, and so our business, the majority of it was generated off of these live events. And as the pandemic hits, all those events are gone. Canceled. Oh, no, now what are we going to do? Everything's canceled. And so we went back to, all right, it's sales. And so I remember going through, and, I, and I've shared this story with a few people, but, you know, I'm, I, I think Austin was, uh, I don't know if he was in Costa Rica, but he was gone. A lot of our team was gone. At the, uh, you know, business was shut down. And I remember calling through some of our old leads and trying, all right, I got to find some new partners, some new referral partners. We got to do virtual events. Live events are over, 
And, and that's where we found this client named Jen. And she was actually uh, from a different lead source, but she was working with this new group, Steve, Stephen and Chelsea. Awesome, awesome people. We're still working with them, funding just t- over $10 million in, in funded uh, deals with this group. And we found out about them when I was just calling through old leads on a day. And I was focused on sales, sales, sales. And then we had that big event. You remember this. You know, you're, you're in St. George, uh, Tell that story. That's just a great story. Yeah, I'm literally, I'm, I'm on a golf trip in St. George, and um, my background expertise, I've worked in e-commerce for quite some time, and so Leo says, hey, Ty, I've got this, this e-commerce group, don't know a ton about them. Uh, they focus mostly on you know, single moms trying to create a better life for their families. I, for a few years in my life, was raised by a single mom, so kind of had that connection there. Mm. And just didn't really know what to expect, but you said, you know, put together a presentation and present funding to them. You got, I think you told me I had like 30 minutes in their webinar. So I'm like, all right, uh, sure, why not? So I wake up a little bit early that day before we go play our round of golf. I'm sitting in a hotel room, so I put up a pop-up banner, and I'm literally, I didn't have a chair, so I'm sitting on the floor, and I put my laptop oh, no on way. a coffee table, trying to look semi-professional, and just go for it, and Little did I know because I was on the Zoom, so it didn't show me how many people were watching live on Facebook. I'm thinking, you know, having done a million of these webinars, oh, maybe there's 20, 30 people there. Um, Go through the whole thing, give it my best shot, and all of a sudden I I sign off and I jump into our CRM and realize person after person after person is applying. And not only are they applying, Leo, but I think our average credit rating for that first round with this group, I, I want to say it was in, in the high 700s. That was amazing. Amazing. Incredible. But I think we ended up getting like 85, 90 leads and signed about 30 or 40 of them from that first event. So that was a, an awesome morning. It was. And, and you and Ben were there. And I remember it was uh, Austin had just barely gotten back. And so it was, uh, it was Austin and myself and Lucas and Nate. And we're just furiously calling through all these deals and and then then july this is four months after the pandemic hits we have a record month and every single month after that there's just consistent growth in the business and that's what happens when you focus on sales so when times get tough and let's say they do in 2023 turn your attention to sales to delivering more value to your clients as, as people pull back, you need to take more action with marketing, more action with outreach. And it doesn't necessarily mean you spend more money. It means you put forth more effort, you knock on more doors. And if you do that, that's where you can take more market share from your competition who is focused on the wrong things when it's sales, sales, sales. That's what keeps you in business. That's what builds things. And I love sharing that story because that was what got us back on track. And any business that didn't pivot at that time probably isn't in business anymore. And that's how business is. And so as 2023 is around the corner, pivot, change, uh, add more value. And if you're working at a company, make sure you're generating income and revenue for that company and coming up with ideas to do so. That will make you valuable. And if you're a business owner, again, do things that set yourself apart from the competition, but just knock on more doors. If you knock on more doors, you'll be more success- You'll get sales. It's a numbers game. As long as you're an expert at what you do, if you can get the client uh, the result they need, whether it's a product or service you deliver, and you knock on more doors, you're going to win plain and simple. I have a question real quickly here. We talk about the, uh, the, the growth, uh, 2.9% versus yeah. 2.6%. So... 
that 0.3% was a little better than we anticipated. When did the whole 80,000 IRS agents get hired? Was that Q3? That, that did, uh, yeah, I think that was Q3. Is, is 80,000 significant enough of, I mean, is that significant enough of a number to have I mean, somewhat of an impact there? That could certainly have an impact, absolutely, absolutely. But a lot of the growth is generated by actual income and revenue of all the businesses in the country. So I'm not sure how much government does in generating revenue. They kind of just take it. Hmm. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure that ha- that definitely has a, a, a uh, an effect with job creation, right? Yeah. So while Facebook laid off like eleven or twelve thousand, and Amazon like twenty or thirty thousand, well, the good news is the government, you know, hired eighty thousand new IRS agents to go after business owners and make sure they're paying more in taxes and and other people, and so yeah, that definitely has an impact. And uh, I think for a lot of uh, a lot of people out there who's a small business owner who you know, sometimes the media starts to confuse, oh, the small business owners greedy. No, no, it's it's actually the the big, huge conglomerates out there that are much more, you know, not delivering as much value and maybe, you know, doing questionable things. But the small business owner of this country is the backbone of this country, creates all the jobs, the majority of the jobs and the products and services that make life better. And they need all the assistance and support they can get. So many of them have been really hammered the last uh, couple of years. So that, my friends, is our money, money, money segment. Focus on income. Focus on generating value. Do that in 2023, and you and your family will be just fine. And like I said, we have an announcement at the end of this uh, show about a business uh, plan workshop, free workshop that we're going to be offering to everybody in the next uh, three weeks. Well, it's time for our sports segment, Ty. What's going on in sports? All right. Let's uh, – Oh, I'm looking forward to a lot of things this week. But uh, okay. starting off, I mean the uh, the Chiefs rematch yeah. of the AFC Championship. Oh, okay. That's going to be oh, that's going to be good. Yeah. Um, they said he was playing last week. I didn't see Jar- Jamar Chase get in the game at all. So yeah. hopefully he suits up this week. I want to see a really good game oh, there. Yeah. Um, listening to NFL radio on the way in today, mm-hmm. they were saying that's that's their upset pick because. The uh, Chiefs are favored. I think it's two and a half points last is I checked. Is it in Kansas or is it in Cincy? I don't know. I can't I can't imagine. Yeah. Actually, I can't imagine the Chiefs being favored even if it was in Cincy. Oh, yeah, for sure. I don't like that upset. I I know the uh, analysts all like that. They think that the, uh, the Bengals are strong enough. They're going to get the win. I think that Pat Mahomes, Andy Reid in a grudge match, you don't ever bet against them. But I, I love Joe Burrow. I mean, that guy is tough. He's smart. He makes great decisions. He steps up as he gets hit in the pocket. And uh, he's, I feel like he single-handedly just willed his team that is, in my opinion, doesn't seem to be as good as last year. I feel like his defense is definitely yeah. not as good as it was last year. And and that's where you got to be concerned because Joe's going to do his thing. He's going to put up some points. But it's like we were talking about, like the only way you can beat the Miami Dolphins is if you can put up enough points. Yeah. And it's the same thing with Kansas. If you're trying to beat Kansas, like you've got to be able to put up enough points. And if your defense just can't keep up, then it's going to be an uphill battle. And I agree. I, I, see, I see the Chiefs uh, pulling that one out. No, it's, it's going to be an awesome game. Joe Burrow, he's outside of Tua, probably my favorite quarterback in the NFL. And he, yeah. he has the clutch gene. I'll tell you that. He does. He's got that clutch gene, and it is a gene. He's got that look in his eye, just like Pat Mahomes. The game on the line, they want the ball, and that's who you want. 
playing quarterback. Dude, it's funny, and, and you'll see this as, as your kids grow up, but just coaching my 10-year-old Jonas uh, in his tackle football league, this kid, uh, he was clutch. I mean, I can't tell you how many fourth downs where I'd be, I'd call the play on the sidelines and be nervously so I hope he could make his play. And he would just go back there and calmly just deliver a strike, even when he was going to get hammered and put the ball in. He converted a lot of fourth downs. I remember what fourth down it was like fourth of 13. And he had just been clobbered the play before. He's like, Dad, I think I need to come out. Nope, you can't come out. It's fourth down, son. And so uh, we had a tight formation, and he did a play action and, and threw a deep post right on the money. Kid catches it, runs into the end zone, 30-yard touchdown, spikes the ball. And one of our coaches said, oh, don't spike the ball. I'm like, dude, if you, if you score a touchdown on fourth down, you can spike the ball every time. Great I job. love it. I know but, I had a, a coach in Little League that his big thing was either when, when things get tough, you're either saying, oh, no, or let's go. And yes. my team is full of let's goes, not oh, no. Dude, you so. remember Cincinnati's kicker last year oh, against the Chiefs? <laughs> so they get it down. It's a long field goal. What's that kid say? Oh, I, he, I can't remember exactly. He's like, exactly oh, we're going to the Super Bowl. Oh, that's he does right. The he kick. called the shot. Yeah. He's like, yeah, we're going to the Super Bowl, guys. Joe Burrow looks I'm like, dang, we've got a badass <laughs> kicker who's not afraid of anything. And he goes out there and he drills it. And sure enough, they go to the Super Bowl and, and they darn near won it. Yeah. Darn near won it. The only reason they didn't was because Cooper Cup and, and Matthew Stafford just had this special connection. They just kind of willed their way, but they were down that entire Super Bowl. That was, uh, that was a pretty good game. Yeah, that's that was an awesome game, and holy cow, the Rams have fallen off. Which, oh, speaking yeah. of Stafford, that was yeah. that was one of the topics we wanted to yeah. to bring up today. Yeah. Which recently banged up Super Bowl winning quarterback? Do we have more confidence we'll ever see the field again, or even be productive for that matter? <sighs> Boy, that's a good question. So, A. Rod or Matthew Stafford? Who do you have more confidence that they're going to come back and actually play well? Let's call it next year because both of their seasons are over. Neither team's going to the playoffs at this point. Yeah, I mean, Cooper Cup's out for the year. There's no reason for Stafford. Was it the uh, high ankle sprain? High ankle sprain. They said he uh, could potentially come back around week 18, but if they're not yeah, in the there's playoffs, no, there's no point. There's no point. Um, do you think he tapes his ankles? I guarantee he tapes his ankles. God, it's just if you're taping your ankles, how could you have that bad of a high ankle sprain? So his, his was kind of... His was weird. It was like a, a, freaky thing. a backup quarterback who I don't even think is on the team yeah. anymore. He was throwing an out route right on the sideline and totally over, overthrew it, so overextended cup. And as he came down, uh, another player's foot came right down on his ankle. Oh, so it was the, the pressure the of another person. Of it. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, because I was, I was always thinking, boy, if you're, if you're in the league, you should be taping your ankles every practice, every game, because you're one bad ankle roll from Oh from yeah, being out for a long that, time. That surgery they do on it now, though, and that is instead crazy. of like letting That's the crazy. ankle just heal the way they used to, they literally go in and put like this new ligament on the exterior yeah. so that they like can't roll it in. It's pretty. I think it's Steph amazing. Curry had the same he thing. He did. Yeah, Steph Curry for years was oh he's always injured, always rolling his ankles, and then all of a sudden he got that surgery and guy guy's healthy. Guy's a champion. Dang. How about the way he played last year in the NBA Finals? That was – I don't always watch basketball, but when I do, I prefer Steph Curry. But, no, that was that was pretty epic the way he stepped up and single-handedly just willed his team to a championship last year. Yeah, he's he's fun to watch. It, to answer that question, though, as far as which previous Super Bowl MVP quarterback or Super Bowl winning, not MVP, Super Bowl winning quarterback do I think we'll see again and have a productive year, um, I think Aaron Rodgers is done. Uh, you, you look at 
the situations there, they are hungry for Jordan Love to come in. They drafted a quarterback in the first round. They drafted Jordan Love before Jalen Hurts. Like they have really high expectations for this guy. He's got a huge arm. We we saw him. He played at Utah State of all places. He's a first round draft pick. You know, put in there to be Aaron Rodgers' replacement. And yeah, the thing that I was kind of worried about: does he have accuracy issues, kind of like a Jameis Winston? But I, I guess he's looked pretty good. What would you think last week? Yeah, I mean, he came in and made a few really, really nice throws. Yeah. Uh, within a few seconds, got just about as many points as Aaron Rodgers did the whole three quarters. So, I mean, I, I, I think he's ready for his shot. Will he be Aaron Rodgers to – will he be the Aaron Rodgers to the uh, Brett Favre? I don't think so. I don't think he's that good. But I think that the team's ready for a change. I, th- I think it's time, whereas – Stafford, he doesn't have that young quarterback in there ready to take over the job. He still has unfinished business with Cooper Cup. I, I think we'll see another productive year out of Stafford next year, but I would not be surprised at all to see Aaron Rodgers retire. Yeah, and, and you could, this guy, this guy is a different cat. Like he's on Joe Rogan's podcast, and he's talking about doing shrooms, and <laughs> and he's got some. Uh, he's he's just an he is, actually is a super fascinating guy. But yeah, because of all these other outside interests that maybe he has, you could certainly see him saying, you know what, I've done this a long time. I've made a fortune. I'm going to go do my own thing here, and and he'll do something. He'll do something. Uh, great and uh and and he'll make a name for himself outside of football but yeah maybe maybe they're and they certainly don't have the weapons but yeah even then jordan played pretty well yeah two awesome running backs young receivers they're they're ready to rebuild and try again there but yeah aaron Rodgers, he's been i mean first ballot hall of famer he's yeah been fantastic he's just getting hurt every little hit he's getting hurt it's it's time yeah i think so all right, then we got, uh, let's see, MVP ballots. What are we thinking? Who's looking like an MVP? Um, you know, who are, the, who are the front runners? Yeah, I mean, right, right now you've got to say Pat Mahomes. Um, I think so. As badly as I'd like to say Tua. He's, Tua's had a phenomenal year. Tua's in the conversation. He, he is. He's he is. He's definitely top five there. He's in the conversation. I think I said it last week, missing those two games hurt. Yeah. Um, you want to have an MVP year in the NFL right now, you've got to stay healthy and play every single game. And, and so far, Pat Mahomes doing it, and he's doing it at a very, very, very high level. He's, he's getting the ball, the different receivers, they're winning games. I mean, I think right now it's, it's probably Pat Mahomes and, and Jalen Hurts at one and two. I would like to say two at three. Um, and then truth be told. I think so. And I think Josh Allen is four. I think, yeah. yeah. Him or Burrow. Yeah. Yeah, well, Burrow's in there too. I'd have to like see their stats and and see because these writers, I mean, it definitely is kind of a stat thing. Like, oh, who has? Because I think at the end of the day, that's where they always come back to Aaron Rodgers over the years and be like, well, Aaron's just got the better stats, and so he gets more MVP awards than a Tom Brady. But Tom Brady, of course, gets the championship. So yeah, I mean, the the reason why I put Josh Allen a little bit lower is the clutch factor aspect, right? When we needed him, not we. I don't. I, can't stand the Bills. I can't believe I just said we. Ugh, <laughs> I like that Josh out of Allen. I'm a Josh Okay, Allen so the Bills, when they needed him coming down down the run right against the Vikings, he yeah. throws that terrible interception oh my word. against the Jets. And he fumbled the ball at the half-yard line when they had the game won. Exactly. I mean, if he walks out the end zone with the safety, they, that's probably a win. Yeah. I mean, the, the game against the Dolphins, they probably should have won. The game against yeah. the Jets, he had a chance, couldn't make it happen. 
the Vikings, same thing. I mean, he's making really, really good plays, but then he just makes that one bad decision that ends the game. And so that, that for me, is why I put Josh Allen down there at four or five. For that game. However, last year against the Chiefs, remember, he, he drove them down the field and scored with 13 seconds left. And you thought, oh, well, that game's over. And then Patrick Mahomes pulls a rabbit out of his hat and they kick a field goal and, and somehow win that game with 13 seconds remaining. And then he did play well last week uh, in Thanksgiving, came back clutch down the stretch uh, with Stefan Diggs to get that game-winning field goal, but it was Detroit, so it's not the, <laughs> not the same thing. Yeah, same 13 thing. seconds, man. That's a- All right, and we got a uh, two-game losing streak, has raised some worries about the early season Darling Seattle Seahawks, what's your prognosis for the Seahawks and how are they set up for 2023 and beyond? And I'll take that one step further. Did they do the right thing switching out Russell Wilson with Geno Smith? I'll start with that. Absolutely they did. That that was brilliant. And, and you look back, it's not just this year that Russell Wilson's been bad. It's since that injury last season, he has been awful. Like, his win rate's been terrible. Yeah. His completion rate's been terrible. It's, he hasn't been a good quarterback since that time. And, you know, Pete Carroll is one of the best coaches of all yes. time, one of the greatest oh, coaches yeah. in the NFL currently, and he, he knows it. I mean, he, he I mean, there's very that. few championship coaches in college that transition and win a championship in the NFL. I mean, you got Jimmy Johnson and him. Like, I can't think of a whole lot of others. In the last 30 years. In fact, I can't think of any besides those two. I mean, Saban couldn't even do it. Saban couldn't do it. So, I mean, if Saban can't do it, and he goes back to college where he dominates. Made Urban Meyer look silly. Urban Meyer, oh, he was was one and done. I don't know what in the world happened with him. He's not not a pro caliber coach, but Pete Carroll. Yeah. And that guy is still, he's like, he's almost 70. And he's running up and down the sideline in great health, always high energy. I was chewing on that damn bubble gum. You got to love that guy, though. But you know what's been amazing about Geno Smith? And Russ Russ has been a champion. And I've loved Russ and everything he stood for and done. But he's lost his confidence. Yeah. Like, confidence is gone. He's the deer in the headlights when the blitz is coming. Uh, He's not in control. He always had this calm demeanor about him, and it's gone. And meanwhile, it's just like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, Geno Smith – I remember watching him with the Jets, and, and no, this guy does not have it. He's not a leader. He can't read the defense. He doesn't find that the mismatches. He doesn't throw the ball on time early. You know, he 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 was pretty good at, at running, being athletic. He had the arm talent, but he didn't have the mind talent. And the guy I see this year is a guy who's clearly in the film room and has been the last several years who's clearly got mentors, he's learned from somebody, or he's just put, he just put in the work, and he doesn't care about anything but winning, and I've been so impressed with him. Yeah, it's, it's an awesome story. He looks really, really good, and sometimes you see that from those uh, college talents that just relied on their physical capabilities yeah. and whatnot. They get to the NFL thinking they can just go out there and wing it like they used to, and Tough news, the uh, defensive ends also run 4-4s four in the NFL, yeah. so good it's, luck. It's kind of like Michael Vick 1.0, you know, before the, the dogfighting thing. And, and then when he came back humbled and he put the time in the film room and he listened and he learned from Andy Reid and, and Donovan McNabb became a really good quarterback there for a, a few seasons. And if he'd have done that at the beginning, oh, imagine how good he would have been. 
But that's what I see in Geno. Geno's come back as a Geno two-point. I think this there's a lesson for us here in business. In everything you do, you can't just rest on your laurels and stop. You have to continuously remake yourself. And if we go into 2023, remake yourself. Who do you want to be? How can you improve? How can you get better? How can you become more expert? How can you do better in your industry? How can you dominate? How can you grow your business? How can you be a better leader? How can you be a better husband, father, mother, uh, wife, etc.? All of these things are part of life. And so one thing I love about certain successful people is they're never looking backwards. You'll never hear about, oh, back in my day when I did this. It's always the next thing the next thing. And I think that's a huge lesson. And you think about a Tom Brady, he doesn't give a shit what happened, you know, his last Super Bowl. It's what's the next one? How can I get better? How can our team get better? He's always looking forward. And I think that's what's great about the great champions. They're constantly reinventing themselves, improving. And that's a great, great lesson for life and going yeah. into 2023. I mean, complacency ends careers. Yeah. You see it over and over again. In every field, by the way. In every field. All right, let's move on to our mindset section. This is going to be fun here. There is a new article that says a 10-minute workout can do more than you think. So let's see. Let me check out this article. This is a Wall Street Journal article. We love the Wall Street Journal. So a 10-minute workout can do more than you think. Sometimes in today's busy world, we don't have time. We're traveling. And finding time to exercise can actually add you know, uh, really can eliminate stress during the holidays, during crazy times. Uh, experts uh, say brisk walking, jumping ropes, stair climbing, take the stairs instead of the elevator, high-intensity interval workouts, and other quick hits of activity to get the body moving and the heart rate up can bring positive results ranging from reduced blood pressure and anxiety, et cetera, et cetera. For me, like when I'm traveling or I'm out uh, doing something, like I will find that I've got to take 10 minutes because if I can't start the day out getting my blood flow flowing and, and uh, just getting some energy moving, like by the time the afternoon comes around, I'll be dead. And just that short period of time getting that workout in can make a huge difference. And then we got technology. We got these, uh, these bikes. Like, What are some of the, the secret attacks you use to get that quick 10-minute workout in? Yeah, I mean, the, the, one of the things that I like to do, just I, I wrestled all growing up, and so you do a lot of jump rope. By the way, if you've ever wrestled, there is no better workout in the world, I'm just going to say. Yeah, boxing's a, a very close. Close, close <laughs> that, second. That was brutal, starting to do that a little bit. But uh, I, I frequently I'll go out, I need to burn a little energy or even gain a little energy. I love to go out in the garage and jump rope. It's if you can jump rope for 10 minutes straight, you're going to be dead. Like that's, <laughs> that's a very body. good, Total quick body workout for you. Yeah. yeah. But just that 10 minutes makes all the difference. And all the doctors and the health studies say, if you can get 10 minutes in a day, like uh, the results can be amazing. And so there's no excuses, right? We're, we're busy. You've got kids, you've got a business, you've got things going on. Your kids have activities Whatever it is, you got the holidays, you can find 10 minutes and you don't have to go to a gym. You can be doing jump rope, you can do push-ups, you can have, you know, one of the things that uh, you taught me was, hey, get one of these Peloton bikes and put it in your bedroom or, or right there close to someone in your house. And while you're sitting there at the end of the day, winding down, streaming the latest whatever show it is on, 
jump on the bike for 15 or 20 minutes and I love that. Or just have some dumbbells in your room. And while you're watching TV with your spouse partner, you know, you do some dumbbells, do some arms, do some shoulders. I just installed a, a pull-up bar right on my balcony deck outside my bedroom. And so, you know, even though it's uh, like 20 degrees outside, I'll jump out there and uh, knock out some pull-ups. And so if you can do little things like this, then it makes it easy to get some of these 10-minute workouts in. You know another really fun one? This is something that uh, that one of my friends has me do. Anytime we, we travel with these friends quite a bit, and anytime we travel, she is always, always has to get some sort of workout in every day. Yeah. You know that song that's like, bring Sally up, bring Sally down? I can't remember what it's called. Look it up. Just Google those lyrics. I challenge you, if you're watching this, to try this today. Um, when it says bring Sally up, bring Sally down, every time you do it, you're squatting. Just air oh, squats. Oh, air squats. No weights, nothing. Just Huge. air squats. Every time it tells you go up and down. And by the time you're to the very end, your legs are just quivering because oh, it's yeah. it's so tough. But, it, I mean, that right there is just five minutes. But it will get your mind right. It will make you feel like you got a good, strong workout in. It's It has a lot of benefits for you there. Amen. Get your 10-minute workout in no matter what it takes. Air squats. What a great workout. And, and you can do that anywhere, wherever you're at, and get the blood flow uh, pumping. Uh, one thing I, I saw also is if you can do 40 push-ups without stopping, that's actually, according to this study, the number one um, piece of evidence or whatever that you're going to be able to live a long time. So if you can do 40 push-ups without stopping every single day, then your odds of having good health are pretty darn high. All right, guys, let's move into the politics section. It's time to talk about student loans. Student loans, guys. Student loans relief. The Fifth Circuit Court rejects President Biden's latest plea to reinstate the student loan forgiveness program. Uh, you probably saw this uh, in the news where they said that the, the, the basically, I think Biden did an executive order where $10,000 in student loans would be forgiven to each borrower under a certain uh, amount of income that they're making, probably based on their tax returns and and so forth. And so apparently uh, a judge ruled against that, and then it went to this uh, Fifth Circuit uh, court, and they also didn't change that ruling. And so now Biden is potentially going to have to ask the Supreme Court to overrule the federal appeals court and uh, the costs, uh, by the way, are projected to be $400 billion if President Biden's uh, student loan forgiveness thing does get approved. Obviously, there's, I think, uh, $1.4 uh, or $5 trillion in student loan debt in this country. You know, you and I see this every single week, every single day in credit reports when we're looking to help someone get funding for their business. And one of the biggest uh, you know, barriers that we see is someone's credit will get hammered because they literally have 20 different student loans. When you have that many student loans, it's really easy to lose contact with them and we'll see a bunch of late payments on student loans. So what are we to make of this that uh, actually um, maybe the Congress actually needed to pass a law with this and President Biden doing it by himself wasn't enough? Yeah. I, you know what? I'm muted. Sorry. We were having some of our first technical, technical difficulties, difficulties on the show. That's, uh, the graphics, that's what happens when you go live. Oh, yeah. Um, but we'll, we'll sort it out. Yeah, the, you know, this one to me, I had this thought when we talked about it on the last show when we talked about you know, is college worth it? Is college worth the money? Yeah. And, you know, we did dial it down, say, yeah, for doctors, dentists, things like that, of yeah. course. But what's frustrating to me is the amount that these schools 
and colleges and universities are charging. I, I think that's the biggest problem oh, here, Leo. 100%. Like you break oh, it yeah. down. It, it's kind yes. of like you go to the doctor and if you say, hey, I don't have insurance. I, I want to pay out of pocket. You get something for $200. But if you have insurance, you look at it. Well, they charge the insurance $4,000. Yeah. And it's like because these schools and universities and whatnot know that there's all this government, government assistance, government aid, uh, all these loans that people can get, they justify charging these astronomical amounts where it's funny because businesses will put out really good content and teach someone how to say create a business plan and they'll charge $500 for it and the FTC will shut them down and oh, say oh, it's not worth it yeah that's a scam how can you justify $500 for that but you know what pay $50,000 to go to law school for one semester like, and, and how about you study French literature because that's going to help you get yeah. a high-paying job right Give me a break. So, I mean, I, it, it's hard because I do feel for a lot of these people that thought they were doing the right thing and now have yeah. all of this debt that they're stuck with forever because they can't go get a job with their French literature uh, background or whatever they ended up studying. So I, I feel for them. But at the same time, they were adults when they made that decision. They were adults when they decided to take out the debt. There needs to be some sort of commitment or some sort of uh what's the word i'm looking for they the accountability. accountability exactly <laughs> a word that nobody a wants to say in today's <laughs> world wait yeah. i've got to be accountable for my decisions what yeah so i mean i i, I it would be nice if there was something to help them out maybe uh, a restructured much longer term or some sort of better rate but i mean to just completely for, forgive it that's there's no accountability there. There, there is zero accountability. So in terms of accountability, here's what's crazy. And you made the number one point here. Here's the issue with college and student loans. It's not that people are getting loans for college. It's not that all college is bad. It's that the price of college is astronomically asinine. Since the 1980s, the cost of college has inflated 1,200%. This is a recent research and study. And yet income and housing has gone up like two or 300% overall inflation, somewhere around that uh, number as well. And so are you telling me the value of college has increased four or five times more than income, than housing, than the stock market? All of these different things that we measure that have increased in value over the last 40 years, the number one that has gone up like four times more than everything cost of food, cost of gas is the cost to go to college. And yet the value has not matched that because uh, graduating college graduates think they're going to make a hundred grand a year. They get out of college and the average college graduates making about $50,000 a year and is graduating with 36 to $40,000 in student loan debt balances that they may never be able to pay off that they can't even include in a bankruptcy. And so that's that's the issue. College, college is like, oh, the government is doing these student loans. We can increase our costs however we want, and the government's completely okay with it. And the people that are getting screwed are the middle class that are mortgaging their houses, sending their kids to college, co-signing on student loans that they're never going to be paying back, that aren't going to make enough income from the job. That, my friends, is the question. Is that the real scam? Is college the real scam? Or is that business program that's $3,000 taught by someone who's actually built a successful business and not a professor who's never even started a business? And then to take it a step further, all of these colleges have these magical things called endowments. These endowments are, and by the way, colleges pay no taxes. They're nonprofits. And yet Harvard, I think, has 
if I'm not mistaken, like 40 or $50 billion in cash sitting in an endowment. The interest they make off of that, they, they could pay for every student's tuition for the next 100 years and not even tap into that cash. And yet you're telling me that the cost of college just needs to keep on going up and people are getting these massive student loans. And yet all these universities, so many of them have these massive endowments. You know who should be paying for these student loan defaults? The colleges, yeah. the universities who didn't deliver value and yet charged an exorbitant amount of student loan fees and put it in student loans. They should be the ones paying this $400 billion bill because you know what? They've got like hundreds of billions of dollars in endowments. They should be paying this. Yeah, exactly. I I had I had no idea about these endowments before just a, a couple of years ago. And when I saw that, it, it, made, it made me sick. It's like educating people is not a scam, but charging what they're charging and then having all of this wealth and considering yourself a nonprofit and not oh paying taxes, goodness. like it, 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 it's so frustrating. So, And then college sports, right? All the money oh that they gosh. make with college football and college basketball, they don't pay any taxes on it. So they get to bring in all this money. And then for years, they were taking advantage of student athletes who barely had enough money to even feed themselves. They don't have enough money to do student, be a student athlete, go to college, and then also, you know, try and get a job. There's no time to do that. Their bodies are run down to run ragged. And now finally, at least some college athletes are able to get some kind of compensation um, for everything they do as a student athlete, which thank goodness that finally happened. But for decades, like the hypocrisy just makes me ill. Yeah. So I honestly, I commend companies like Google, some of these massive, massive, massive organizations finally coming out and saying, you know what, you don't need to have the college degree. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Exactly right. All right, let's move into our family segment. Six in 10 Americans worry they will be outgifted this holiday season, according to a poll. So gift giving is so important that 62% believe finding the right gifts for their loved ones is the most stressful part of the holidays. When it comes to friendly gifting, 58% said sustainable gifts give them an edge over the competition, and 42% have begun to care more about purchasing eco-friendly gifts over the past few years. And over the past few years, 46% said they've become more open to the idea of alternative wrapping options such as paper bags, 47%, newspapers, fabric. I didn't even know that that was a thing, but apparently the way you wrap your gifts really says something about you. So keep that in mind, my friends. All right, what do we make of this? This is by far, I think, the most stressful part. And you guys, we were talking a little bit about this, like what you get your your wife, spouse, significant other, and oh, oh, they always act like, oh, I don't care, honey, just something, I, just show me that you love me. And then all of a sudden, actually, no, they do care. And it, you, you better get the right gift. Yeah, I, it, it's, it's an interesting topic. I've never really put that much thought into it that people are actually stressing out about not, I mean, stressing out about getting someone a gift is one thing, but stressing out that someone's going to get them a better gift, that's a, oh. it's pretty interesting, right? If, uh, I feel like for me, if I was going to take the time and effort and energy to get someone a gift and they were going to bitch at me about someone getting them a better gift, then take that yeah. thing back. You don't get it. Yeah, but. maybe we're not friends anymore. Maybe <laughs> yeah. maybe if it's my kid, you need to go to timeout. You need to go do some uh, some manual labor, right? Yeah, um, that's interesting. I mean, yeah, it's just maybe a lack of gratitude. Uh, kind of, I don't, is our generation so soft that we're just going to complain? If so, for me, if somebody gets uh, me a gift and they thought about, I really appreciate it. Thank you. 
um, awesome. And I'm not really judging the gift. If you thought about it and tried, that's that's kind of good enough. Good enough for me. Now, I will say, my wife is really good at this. She's very thoughtful. She's very, she, she pays attention. She's very observant. And when there's something I really need, that magical need, and, I, and I'll forget about it, will show up as a Christmas gift. She is very good at it. I struggle at it, admittedly. And, and so for me, it can, can be tough. And so for me, I'm like, oh, I got to get her the big, awesome thing. And, and she doesn't always want that. But I think, you know, at the end of the day, you do your best, you forget the rest. But you, if you pay attention, that's one thing I've learned from my wife is if you pay attention to what somebody says throughout the year, they'll drop clues about something that they need. And that's where you can kind of get that. But we, you know, it's, it's, it kind of goes back to not worrying about what other people think. Like, I'm not going to worry about, oh, somebody else is going to get a better gift for somebody than I do. Like, and I think it, I think it happens a lot with kids and their parents. There's, I know in Jill's family, there's this crazy competition to, you know, get their parents the best gift or to, um, you know, be the parents' favorite, something like that. But I don't know, like, who would, who would you be worried about outgifting you, like, I don't know. Maybe it's a friend thing. Like if you're in a group of friends and one friend gets another friend something better and he's the cool he or she's the coolest friend. Like Jillian, is that is that how it would work with you? Like you worried about your friends outgifting your other friends or uh, no, maybe siblings. Um, okay. All right. I think we've got something here. It's siblings. This is sibling rivalry, and I do. I see it with uh, Jill and, and her four siblings. They are always vying. Uh, to get the approval from mom and dad, and certainly gifts are a big part of that. So I think we found it. It's siblings. Yeah. It's siblings competing to get mom and dad or each other the best gift. Maybe that's it. That's wild. I, when I was thinking about this, the one thought or advice I, I did have, because I've done some really bad gifts. I Guilty. One year, I legit for Christmas, I got my wife a vacuum and a scale. Like, we were getting into fitness, oh. and I didn't even think about it. And I got her a scale, and she's like, what the hell are you doing? And it, it's kind of become a joke at this point. Uh, thankfully, she got over it, but that was probably the worst gift I've ever given. But what I, what I have learned with gifts, especially with spouses, yeah. is learn their love language, right? Okay. So my wife yes. is all about quality time, and I've learned that I don't get her things. I get her experiences, Right, like we went to the Post yes. Malone concert that I bought in, I think, 2020, and we finally got yeah. to go just last month. So that was pretty. I epic, mean, right? things like that. And with yeah. me, I love words of aff- affirmations. I love very sentimental things. So the best, one of the best gifts I've been given over the last decade was a massive beach towel that had my dog's face printed on it because it reminds me of my dog. Right, I don't care about the MacBooks and the cell phones. I want these sentimental things. So I mean. Know their love language, learn their love languages, and then base your gifts around that. That's the way to... Great advice. Great advice. That's huge. All right, my friends, let's move on to our last segment here, which is the freedom segment. As you guys know, we are all about uh, creating financial freedom for you, for your family. Uh, We certainly support uh, anybody who is trying to promote freedom in our country. Sometimes these freedoms seem like they're under attack. And I'd say the biggest problem in our country is that we take uh, take for granted these freedoms. And if you've ever, you know, traveled or lived outside the United States, 
you find out really quickly that there is some amazing freedoms that this country is built on that you don't experience in other countries. And so, case in point here, let's uh, talk about uh, Ukraine. Ukraine's power shortages force millions of refugees into lengthy exile. So Moscow's repeated strikes on power stations and heating equipment have caused rolling blackouts in Ukraine. Of course, winter is coming. No, not Game of Thrones winter, but actual winter in Ukraine. And so people are in danger of of freezing, of being very cold. They've got kids, etc. And so millions across the country are going to be deprived of power, heating, and running water amid uh, sub-zero temperatures as it struggles to keep the lights on. Kiev is now urging Ukrainian refugees to stay where they are for now. And what's crazy is there's actually 8 million Ukrainian refugees across Europe, many of whom had hoped to return home in the fall. And uh, here's here's an actual story. It says, I'm not afraid of the bombs, but without electricity, water, and heating, you can't work or have a normal life, said Liza. Cherniakova, who fled with her partner to Berlin in March and has since lived in a small apartment of a German friend. Uh, The couple invested their savings. This is really sad. They invested their savings to open a trendy cafe in Kiev uh, shortly before the war started. And like many other Ukrainians stranded abroad, they had aimed to return before the winter but are now staying put indefinitely. Eight million people, families, children, etc., are not able to return home. So I'd say even regardless of whether you agree with whether the government, the U.S. government, should be sending tens of billions of taxpayer funds over to help the Ukrainians instead of doing more to help our people here in in, uh, the U.S., you certainly can't uh, negate that there's millions of people there suffering and whatnot. So what what do you make of this? It just honestly breaks my heart to think about how many people are just going to be literally freezing? Like, it, it, that's the biggest thing there that I, I was reading about. It was actually on CNN. They were talking about how they are finally, um, the government's providing transportation out. So they're not saying, you know, go journey on your own and try and figure it out. They're now sending transportation. They're women, children, and elderly first, but they're trying to help get them out so that they can live somewhere where there is electricity so that they can get heat. But, I mean, it's just heartbreaking especially you think about these i mean there's still children being born there's still infants over there that are literally freezing and that i mean a couple days ago we got a new nest thermostat and i didn't realize how like the eco setting work and i accidentally let my son's bedroom get down to like 65 65 degrees and i'm like oh man i'm so sorry that it made me feel so sad can you imagine having to bundle up with your children in 10 degree weather and try and say, you know, just stay close, get under these blankets, let's make it happen because we don't even have electricity. Like, man, it, it's so sad. You know, the, the closest that I can uh, explain to that is uh, when we were, we, this must have been, I, this must have been like in 2008 or nine. So this is right in the middle of the recession. And uh, our furnace at our house died and we were, it was on the weekend, and so nobody could really come out. And frankly, we were too poor, way too poor to get it fixed or, or to try and replace it. And so for a few days, we literally had no heat. It was right in the middle of winter. It had just snowed. It was below freezing. And so what we did, and, and it was a decent-sized house, we literally uh, closed all the doors in our bedroom, brought all the kids in. We put the tent up and, and the uh, sleeping bags, and the kids thought it was fun, but... 
it was very cold, and so we all huddled up together for about uh, three days until we were finally able to get uh, someone in to, uh, I think, uh, I want to say even maybe our local our local church actually helped us, uh, you know, get get the get someone in to help with the furnace. And this was like yeah, this was like 12, 13 years ago, and that was like three days. And I remember how tough that is. And in Ukraine, this is happening to families. Now it's been been almost, uh, I mean, it'll be a year, I think, in February or March. So a lot of time going by and a lot of people suffering. It's crazy to think 8 million people, 8 million people, and, and nothing breaks your heart more than thinking about the kids who, you know, and, and the people, the people too. I mean, they, they didn't ask for this. They, they didn't do anything. Um, you know, it's just two countries uh, fighting over some land and, you know, what, 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 it's just, it's just so, so I guess the bottom line is, so what can we all do? We should take some sort of action. If you can get involved with nonprofits, charities, those who are trying to serve and, and make a difference, then you should do that. But I would also encourage you to look at locally, like how many people are suffering within 10 or 15 miles of where you live are homeless. Uh, there's local food banks where you can donate. There are children's programs. And, and that's what always I always come back to is is the children that are suffering and how can we create programs you know to help them get involved with that. Thank you for joining us on the Go Figure podcast. If you learned something that will help your business or family, take 30 seconds and give us a five star. If we added value to your day, then share the show with someone who wants to get their money right and be sure to subscribe to the Seven Figures Funding YouTube channel. If you're a business owner and a parent committed to getting your money right for your family, then check out the MyFigures.com money app with a free 30-day trial to manage your money, track your net worth, and build a profit-first business through our fintech platform. God bless, and we'll see you next time on the Go Figure podcast.